I saw your be good baker running by again the other day, says I to old Mr. Brennan. Ah, yes, says he. I've never seen her stand still. And she's running rings around the rest of us with our Brennan's be good bread. Only 60 calories a slice. 60 calories, says I. That's just a whole meal, is it? No, says he. It's the whole meal, the whole grain, and the waste. 60 calories a slice and high in fiber, whatever way it slices. That's why anything baked is better with Brennan's. Today's bread today. Shachtan, an Indo Askelige. Time in Mon Irok the end of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfame. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Pashe Dochretche, Nach Vetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Tolam again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Yatakshet Horan Grevan, Orkar son, Elis Duhalagus Kiminefracht, Gor Klixar Dukashen Echor. Only Ven own. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Hello and welcome to this special edition of the Indo Daily, where we're going to look back at all things politics from 2023 at home in Ireland, but also on the international stage. We're going to be handing out some political awards to those that we think were the movers and shakers of the year gone by. There'll be moments of inspiration. Cam Corla, we can and we should be confident about our future. We know our citizens need help. We know our employers need help. And this budget aims to give this help. So let's seize this moment. Let's seize the day. Let's make change happen now. Let's make change real for everyone. These people claim to be defending Irish citizens, yet they put in danger the newest and most vulnerable and most innocent people. Those involved brought shame on Dublin, brought shame on Ireland, and brought shame on their families and themselves. And there'll be some moments that TDs might like to forget. That is intolerance. You guys are no great advocates of freedom of speech at all. Uh And I shudder to think of the day when you would ever be an authority. Because by God, would you put a jackboot on people who might have views different to yours. That's where you guys are coming from. I he want can't look. help it. He's a there must person, be order. and he can't help but being harmed. There is order called to the house. So over the next 30 minutes or so, we're going to hand out some awards for Best Minister of the Year, Most Heated Debate in the Dáil during 2023, Biggest Gaffe of the Year, and which TD has the most political riz? We might even explain what that means. To do all that, I'm joined, of course, by our political team. We have Philip Ryan, Gabby Gattavacacia and Hugh O'Connell. Philip, let's start with Minister of the Year. Who is your pick? Okay, so I went for Pascal Donoghue, who I suppose it's fair to say started off the year quite difficult. People might remember that he had this uh, entire controversy about who paid for his uh, election posters and uh, did he properly declare them. And there was a whole uh, hullabaloo about it. And uh, one of his friends, a a, a very important uh, industry boss called Michael Stone, had to resign from various positions. And it was a whole controversy and it started off pretty bad. But later into the year, he did manage to pass a budget with the first uh, Fianna Fáil finance minister 
minister for more than 10 years and it was a budget which the opposition weren't really able to pick any holes with. And then he went on towards, uh, in recent weeks, being tipped to take over the IMF, which is a pretty good year, you would say, or at least uh, an end of year. So in a year where he effectively had a demotion, you think he's coming out on top? I think so. If you're being uh, tipped for probably the biggest finance job in the entire planet, uh, that's a pretty good job, and it's, it seems that you're impressing the right people on an international stage, even if he's not doing it at home. Speaking, Gabby, of people who got demotions this year, your top minister also took a step down. Yes, but I think it was all to his benefit. Thanish to Michal Martin, as Taoiseach, he was sort of quite reserved. He was scared of saying the wrong thing, but I think he's done really, really well in the foreign affairs portfolio. And as the Thanish, um, he's been jetting around the globe. We saw him facing off uh, the Israeli mayor um, when actually Philip was over on the trip in Israel, you know, put in those difficult conversations and the media was in the room, but I think he, he stared all that down. It is appalling um, what's happening in terms of the, um, the the loss of life in terms of civilians, in terms of children um, and, and, and um, innocent civilians. Uh, and that's why we believe there is a, uh, an immediate need for a humanitarian ceasefire. There were some uh, rumblings of perhaps maybe a leadership heave in Fianna Fáil in early on in the government. You know, that's all kind of gone away now. And I think even in media appearances, like he's just much more relaxed. He's much more freer to speak his mind, um, say what he actually thinks when he was a Taoiseach and would have to do press conferences or doorsteps. You know, he wasn't really great for giving a one-line zinger, but I think now he just feels much more relaxed. And actually, if, if you even see him around Leinster House, he's much more talkative, he's much more chatty, he's relaxed, he really enjoys what he's doing. Michal Martin zingers. Zingers. <laughs> yeah, has a couple you'll find. There, there was that joke, I think, was that Oliver Callan used to keep doing, that Leo was trying to be the co-teach. Um, Michal's kind of done that, but without trying. Is that fair to say? Yeah, he's a true diplomat. And I saw that even when we had those riots in Dublin the morning after he came out. He had a press conference in Dublin Castle, actually right before Taoiseach Leo Radker. And he spoke in such an eloquent, diplomatic way. And he said, look, we all have to watch what we're doing. We all have to mind the way we're talking to one another. And I thought he, he does a really good job of capturing the mood of the nation. Um, I think I'm going to counterbalance this with one point. And you say the idea of a heave has stepped back somewhat. But Fianna Fáil are still doing pretty lousy in the polls. Yeah, but they don't have any alternatives. And I think now they're actually happy with Micheál Martin. Whereas when they were having this conversation around, you know, we had a few TDs that were maybe compiling lists of names uh, to call on the, on the party leader to resign. And Mark McSharry's not in Fianna Fáil Mark anymore. Mark McSharry was one of them. Uh, you know, they, they, like that's really kind of all gone away. And they see how well Micheál has done as Tánaiste. And, you know, he did well as Taoiseach relatively, but they were very happy with his performance as Tánaiste. And so that's why all the talk of Aheve is gone. Well, he's consistently the most popular party leader in the country, I think, which is someone who's a member of a party that's, or the leader of a party that's flagging in the polls. He still outpolls Mary Lee McDonald, doesn't but he? But he's not your pick, Hugh. Who do you think he's has had a better pick. year? He might have been my pick if Gabby hadn't picked him first. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I think Heather Humphreys has done, uh, continued rather, to do a, a very good job in social protection and rural affairs. From a political perspective, she's doing all of the things that court support from as wide a, a range of voters as possible. She's in rural affairs, which has grant schemes that can dole out money left, right and centre to uh, schemes all over the country. In social protection, she's seeing, uh, overseeing this huge uh, spend in social protection in terms of double payments, autumn bonuses, uh, Christmas bonuses, 
Um, you know, all of the kind of support schemes that are put in place, particularly when there's extreme weather events and floods and all, all that. Um, and she, there's not a whiff of controversy about Heather Humphreys. There's no hint of, like, you know, we talked about Pascal Donoghue earlier and the businessman and the p- election posters and all of that. Like, she's avoided all of that. She's transcended all of that. Unemployment is at a record low. And Ireland has the fastest growing economy in Europe. And listening to Sinn Féin speakers tonight, you seem to think that having a strong economy is a bad thing, that it's something to be ashamed of. And I think it's a remarkable feat for someone who's been in cabinet now for nearly 10 years um, and is probably looking towards the future, potentially rumours of an Oris bid in 2025 or perhaps a Fine Gael leadership bit. But I'd say one thing on Heather Humphreys, though, that she had a big decision to take in recent weeks and months around the Ukrainian uh, the true, welfare yeah. rates and around what do you do about the, the situation where we seem to become this uh, goldmine for people fleeing wars, which in one way, that's great, but and the second way is that we're running out of accommodation. And it really seemed like she dithered and, uh, on that decision. And, and even this week, when, they, when the government did make a decision on this, this, uh, Fianna Gael and Fianna Fáil were nowhere to be seen and they pushed the Greens out there, they pushed um, Roderick O'Gorman, the Integration Minister and Joe O'Brien to be front and centre and go, these are the guys, we've made a tough decision now and we want these guys to be the face of it while Heather Humphreys uh, was but nowhere I mean, to be seen and nowhere politi- from being... Isn't that the great political skill? It, it may be a great political to skill, but all like, of the pressure if you're going to make a big Greens. decision, you should front up and, and make the decision and, and, and yeah. go like look, I've done this, I've made it and I'm going to be the face of it, I'm not going to put these poor unfortunate first time TD and minister out there to take the, the flack for it. But well, yet she did. Well, I'm going to make the decision because you're the jury, but apparently I'm the judge in this mm. scenario. And based on the debate there, I'm sorry, Hugh, but Philip has knocked Heather off the perch. Um, I think you've knocked Pascal off the perch, but nobody has necessarily knocked Michal off the oh. perch. So I think he gets the mm. Minister of the Year award. Oh. Well done, Michal. Congratulations, Gabby. <laughs> This is for you, Mio. The trophy's going to Cork. <laughs> a, a real honour. So I got Cork had to win something this year, didn't they? Yeah. Spat of the year, Philip, is our next category. And there are many um, in the doll, especially, and where they have privilege and they can basically name call at will. What stood out for you? Well, the, the one I put down is, is the most recent one there in the doll. And this is between the rural independents had a debate on immigration uh, last week. And it, it was, you know, a debate that was probably a long time coming. Uh, the rural independents put down a motion, which was, you would say, the, some of the, the language was quite incendiary, uh, talking about uh, asylum tourism and talking about people coming, unvetted males coming over here, all the watchwords of possibly, you would say, the far right. But it was also a debate that probably really needed to happen, that we need to talk about immigration in this country and the impacts and what we can do capacity-wise. And, and it, for the people who are living here and the people who are coming here as well, you don't want to become an asylum seeker here and you wander the streets. So, look, it went down to a debate. The independents had their say. They put out what they feel uh, was their views. And in Ireland... The, the debate around immigration really is more focused on rural Ireland because you have these small communities that uh, don't have a huge amount of services or infrastructure and they are landed with all these people that they, they, they don't know, they don't know too much about and they're competing for services and infrastructure with. And one of the quid pro quos of living in rural Ireland is you have a different life to living in the city. You know your neighbours, you know everybody, it's, you know yourself, you've lived there. Um, so it, 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 it's that kind of balance that the government hasn't really been able to strike. So in the middle of all that debate, 
Ian O'Reardon, Dublin uh, uh, TD, who lives out there in kind of Clontarf direction, jumps up and starts lambasting the, the rural alliance saying, uh, the, the rural independence saying that they're uh, essentially trying to stoke racism or something like that. Five times on the record of this house, you have said that elderly people, that women and children are scared alive because of immigration. Speak they know exactly the what they're doing I when they're linking speak immigration with the chair or I'm going to collapse the house. It's as simple as that. The, R- the rural independents who include the likes of Michael Healy Ray and Danny Healy Ray and Matthew McGrath, who are never, you would consider, people who bite their tongue in the doll, jumped up. He can't Look, help it. He's a horrible person. Order. And he can't help but being horrible. There is order called to the man. house. He's far from little, um, that's for sure. He's a big fella. But, um, he's very tall. He is very yeah. tall. He's as tall as me. Yeah, yeah. He's part yeah. of the tall person's club. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he jumps up and there's a lot of shouting back and forth. And yeah, that's, that's my spat of the year. Why, I don't know. But. Proper, <laughs> you're not even backing your own nomination. <laughs> well, it was a spat. Okay, well, I, I was in this year. It was a proper, um, it strikes me as you describe it, Philip, as a proper rural urban yeah. fight. It was, sure. yeah, yeah. Gabby, your nomination, I, I forgot about. Is rural it's versus rural. It's a rural versus rural. Which is very mm. rare. But it's also in a similar vein in that you also have Michael Collins, who's one of those independent TDs, um, who's also not afraid to speak his mind in the doll, versus Pippa Hackett, um, who is a senator, actually, but she is in cabinet as a minister, and so she does take uh, questions at times in the doll chamber, interestingly enough. And this is one of those spats that sometimes you might have the doll on um, in the press room. You're watching it sort of, but it's not leaders' questions. It's not questions to promise legislation. It's not some hotly anticipated motion. So, it's of something no like dot biodiversity that you don't fully understand. It's, it's something that's run of the mill and you have the doll on. You're not really watching. You're probably making a few calls. And the next thing you know, there's a big row and then the Count Corla says the doll's suspended. And this was one of those. Um, well, it was actually last Count Corla, Catherine Connolly, who was in the chair at the time, but... Michael Collins was 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 having this debate, and uh, Pippa Hackett accused him of being <gasps> shock horror, an organic farmer. Oh, ouch! Stop. Ouch! You're using that private Excuse information me. from the organic trust How dare to, you to point the finger you at me. I, I am not. You you proved to me. Prove to me what you I said. Have Excuse you many me, Lieutenant This lady has spread mistruths inside the stall. And Michael wow. Collins said, well, you can only know that information because of your husband, because he would have inspected my farm. And of course, <laughs> Minister Hackett uh, was like, that's totally unfair comment to make. You've said it before. Um, and there was a big argy-bargy and Catherine Connolly had to suspend the doll because they just, you, they were... The Don't call a man an organic thrown. farmer. Explain in the this doll. to me. Was Lord, did he not want people knowing he was an organic? Like, is that just uncool? What, what's the problem? Well, I think if you look at the sort of things he had, advocates for organic farming will probably not be one of them. <laughs> so he felt very insulted by this personal information or, or private information, as he called it, being thrown across the doll floor. Um, and it was unusual because Pippa Hackett as well is quite, you know, she's, she's quite a reserve minister. She's in the Department of Agriculture. You know, you wouldn't really see her having rows with anybody. But I thought it was great to have her standing up for herself um, because, of course, he brought her husband and her personal life into it. And she didn't, you know, she definitely uh, fired back. So it was one of those rows that you definitely don't expect, but it's still quite entertaining to watch now, back. A thing that's really interesting for me in this, I think when we would have done this in years previous, we would have had Michal Martin versus Mary Lou and we would have had Leo versus Mary Lou. But um, Hugh, I've consulted my cheat sheets again mm. and 
there's a trend because your nomination also involves the rural independence. Yeah, well, I mean, I think on that, like, it, it's just we've become so used to those spats between Leo and Mary Lou that they're not really uh, very interesting anymore because we both know kind of what they're going to say. Uh, so I've gone for um, Danny Healy Ray versus Thomas Pringle. Well, it's obviously you don't fucking listen to what anybody Sorry, says because that's not what I said. So if you listen anymore, open your ears instead of your mouth and you might Deputy fucking Pringle. understand what people are saying. Deputy Pringle, I will give you your full time, right? But I'm asking you, Deputy Ray, to please stop. Please. Uh, so again, not unlike Gabby has uh, described earlier, this is a situation where you're sitting in the office and you're, you're doing other things and then suddenly you hear people shouting in the dole. And in this instance, we had the, the F-bomb uh, thrown out twice by Thomas Pringle um, in relation... Organic farmer? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and it's rare enough we get the F-bomb in the dole. Um, I think, you know, one of, the, uh, one of the most famous ones, obviously, is F-U, Deputy Stag. Well, all uh, due you respect, in the most unparliamentary language, please. fuck you, Deputy Stag. Sorry, fuck eight, you. Eight, eight. Paul Gogarty at, at Emmett Stagg um, over a decade ago. Uh, but in this instance, Thomas Pringle got up in the doll and he said, and, and uh, Danny Healy Ray was, was lecturing him about something and he got up and said, if you, uh, if you just open your effing ears and shut your effing mouth for a minute, you'd uh, hear what I have to say about this. And I just think that, you know, so uh, rare is it that we hear the F word in the doll that this is definitely my dull spot of the year. Unparliamentary language. Unparliamentary language, yeah. And Thomas Pringle is so mild-mannered. Yeah. Well, that is the other thing, One of yeah. the most, uh, the, the, the nicest speaking voices one in the, the world as well. One of the sort of more mild-mannered TDs sort of uh, giving the, one of the more loud-mouthed TDs an absolute dressing down in the dull. I mean, it was quite the moment, I think, because we hear a lot of bluster from Danny Healy Ray. We don't really hear a lot from Thomas Pringle, but... He has the capacity to unleash fury when he uh, decides. Well, I, I do love a bit of unparliamentary language. Um, so when it came to picking the winner in this category, I also think that insult is one that you could, even leaving out the language, that idea of um, open your ears and shut your effing mouth. Mm. Um, it's, it's something we could all take and yeah, use, yeah. I think, on certain people in, not, not in the newsroom or in present company. But So I'm giving the winner in this one, Hugh. Fantastic. It goes to you. Philip. Gaff of the year, and there have been many over the past year, but you actually decided to pick one that was quite serious. Yeah, this was the tweet, the the big tweet of the year as far as Taoiseach Leo Radker is concerned and as far as international diplomacy is concerned. And it is when Emily Hand, uh, the young girl who was kidnapped by Hamas and uh, kept captive for, for weeks on end, was eventually freed and brought back to her father Owen, who's a, a, an Irish citizen, of course, but lived in southern Israel. And Leo Radker, he put out a full statement, he emailed it out and all the newsrooms got it. But he also put out uh, a kind of wordy or poetic tweet where he talked about how Emily Hand had been lost and found. And look, the language was probably a little bit... Uh, not facetious, but a little offhand and probably a little too flowery for, for the situation, given that it was a young girl kidnapped and held hostage by a terrorist organisation. And again, the Irish Prime Minister has put his foot in evil. She wasn't lost she and was... found and returned like a pair of sunglasses. Ah. She was kidnapped by the Islamist terrorists of Hamas. 
And it didn't sit well with the, the Israeli community and the Israeli foreign minister uh, was quickly retweeted it and condemned it and it caused a bit of an international incident uh, between the two countries where tensions are already pretty high and the Israelis don't see us as a, a huge friend internationally and it's a bit of an issue. But at the same time, uh, as we know, the Israelis are, are fighting a war in Gaza, but also fighting an information war. And anything like this and, and any kind of leeway you give them, they will jump on it and they will make an issue about it. I was a bit torn on this one, I have to say, because when I initially saw it, I thought Israel were trying to take it out of context. You see the full statement and it was all fine. And then after a day or two, when you kind of see how it played out, you are kind of going why are you doing diplomacy on X, formerly Twitter, at all? Well, it's just issue, never going to end The well. issue is there's no... Twitter, X doesn't allow for nuance. And when you're putting statements out like that, and you, he didn't attach the statement, that's the other side of it, he just included those that short paragraph as a small statement, you're leaving yourself open to, to these kind of yeah. attacks. And that's and, the point, he left himself criticism. open to the... The, I think the thing we can say about that is it was ill-judged on his part, but equally the reaction was... It was over, the, over top, the top. Yeah. Well, you know what you're... It was predictable as well, because yeah. this, to, is, this is like what happens. Say, Gabby, to call in the Irish ambassador to Israel for addressing that was a yeah. yeah, over a tweet. Over a tweet, yeah. Well, they did bring Elon Musk Sorry, over a post as well, on over a tweet, so... A post on X. A post, a post on, on X. X. Yeah, yes, on let's X. get it right. <laughs> Gabby, you picked the same man for gaff of the year. In a similar vein. Um, well, actually, quite a different vein, I think. Well, it's diplomacy vein as well, I guess, to an extent. Um, it's Leo Vradker. Of course, the Taoiseach makes his annual trip to America for St. Patrick's Day. But this was really just out of the blue stuff from Leo Vradker. Um, the Lewinsky reference um, in Washington, D.C. on Paddy's Day. He was at this... Um, he was making a speech and he was talking about the Clinton presidency and how he was an intern in, White, in the White House in the last year of the presidency. And I'm going to read out exactly what he said. So he made a reference to, it was a time when some parents would have had cause for concern about what would happen to interns in Washington. I mean, obvious reference to, you know, this affair that Bill Clinton had with Monica Lewinsky, which of course we know is probably one of the greatest scandals um, in all time of any American president who was in office. Um, our, our, I think our bar for that has probably changed in the years <laughs> yeah, since. Still but, it's still but at the time, it was there. certainly It's one of the great huge. scandals. Still makes tape five, tape, yeah. top five. Top five. It's one of the great scandals for sure. There was no need to say it. She was probably trying to be funny. It wasn't very funny. I think to us, when you're, if you're not there, it's funny. But that if is you're kind in of the funny room, though, isn't it? And if you're a US diplomat or, or ho- you're kind of going, wrong place, wrong time. That's kind of a joke for the Lincoln Inn at, you know, 2 a.m. on a Thursday, isn't it? Um, Hugh, is it going to be three out of three for Leo? No, I've gone for probably one of the more niche um, gaffes of the year, which was in February in the Dole, uh, when Kieran O'Donnell, Fine Gael Junior Housing Minister, forgot to oppose a bill tabled by People for Profit to extend the eviction ban. So uh, our listeners and our viewers might remember that at the beginning of the year, the, the whole debate around extending the eviction ban or the government decision to let the eviction ban lapse was hugely politically contentious and there was a lot of, um, a, a lot of back and forth over it. Um, but here was a, a, an instance of a legislator incapable of doing the very basics of legislating whereby uh, his, the government position was obviously they wanted to let the eviction ban lapse. People before profit had tabled the bill to extend the ban 
and uh, the, the minister was asked at the end of the debate on the bill uh, if he was opposing it and he didn't respond. He was asked again and he didn't respond and then it transpired that the bill had passed uh, second stage. We move now to leaders' questions. Well, no, you didn't impose it. Well, no, you didn't. Opposing the bill. No, no, you can't, you can't come in afterwards. The order, no, we, we are opposing now to leaders' questions. Sorry, point of order. No, there's no point of order. No, we are opposing the bill. Um, the, was he doing his wordle or what was he at? I don't know. He was new in the job. He was new in the job, but yeah. it's pretty embarrassing. He's a pretty experienced yeah. junior housing he minister. The banking inquiry. Junior has, uh, yeah, wait, I think he was Didn't vice he? chair, maybe. I don't, yeah, but but he, uh, in any case, junior housing minister forgetting to, uh, you know, uh, advocate for government policy yeah, is pretty minister. embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. So Venice. he. Um, <laughs> Uh, so the bill passed second stage, but of course the eviction ban was allowed to lapse. It didn't really have any meaningful impact, but I just think it's a real gaffe for a, a government minister to be in. It's like a lot of, of stuff in job. the Doyle, though, isn't it? Like uh, a lot of stuff that they debate does has no meaningful yeah. impact. Anyway, that's a very uplifting. <laughs> <note> <laughs> <about> <laughs> that sounds like a different video processes. slash podcast. We should podcast. do it some, know, yeah. some stage. Um, yeah, yeah. The Doyle no, doesn't matter. Speaking of <laughs> speaking of you know really meaningful important things, um, who wins? <laughs> the winner, I think, yeah. of Gaff of the Year. I, for, for, for pure... It has to go oh. to Leo Varadkar, I'm sorry, because he has two, two versus one, Hughes. Kieran That's O'Donnell already, will be... Oh. Yeah, Kieran O'Donnell will be disgusted. How are we going to know. explain this to him? <laughs> um, and I think, while I'm tempted to go with, with the, the Washington antics, I think for the seriousness of the diplomacy and the problem that he caused with that tweet, it has to go to Philip this time. But that also means, of course that you're now on one each as we head into our final category. Building up the jeopardy here now. And our final category, and I did not pick these categories, I should say. um, Who did? uh, Garrett, our our (laughs) producer on the Indo-Daily. Name and shame. um, Oh, he's in my ear telling me he did it along with Philip. Um, (laughs) So the final competition is for Politician with the Most Riz Award. Philip Ryan, do you want to start by explaining to us what no, Riz I think, is? I think Gabby is going to explain so what Riz is. It was your charisma. Was your... That's it. It's so well, simple. It's nothing else, mm. nothing more. Riz is charisma. But you can also have certain kinds of Riz, as I'm sure we'll find the, out. The now. definition is quite but, broad. But, like, the, I yeah, think but it's charisma. It, it doesn't just come down to charisma, though. But we should it? say that Riz is the Oxford Dictionary's word, word of yeah. 2023. Word of, yeah. It's the and young person's word. Now. Yeah, it's something that they're saying on Twitter or wherever. Or uh, TikTok, <laughs> one of them. It's that type of thing. Okay. Anyway, yes. Yeah, so, so explain it to us in action, Philip. Who has it? Okay. So, who I have dis- chosen for my politician with the most riz of the year is Cottleberry TD, uh, who is an independent from Kildare, and he is a new TD. He's only in the door since the last election, but he's not unlike Thomas Pringle in that his delivery is just so much different in the doll, and even when he does media than other politicians, whereby you're sitting there, you're watching leaders' questions and you have your Pierce Doherty screaming their head off, you have your Richard Boy Barrett screaming their head off, you might have them Patrick O'Nunovan and the Fine Gael benches shouting his head off, and then it comes to Cottleberry, and he stands up and he's very measured, he does that approach of, if you speak quieter, people will listen harder. You might recall, Minister, back in 1999, I think it was, there was a a movie called Fight Club, and the first rule of Fight Club is we do not talk about Fight Club. And I think that's something that's actually shrouded Ireland's defence policy, our lack thereof, for the last 100 years. 
and he just puts his point across. It can be various topics, obviously, because he has a, a army background that he's very much uh, on the way, on. Um, he contributes stuff around uh, uh, neutrality and the triple lock, but on other issues too. And I, I just think his delivery is just so much different, and he he almost forces you to listen to his contributions with his uh, his strategy, and 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 that's why he has Riz, if I understand Riz. <laughs> As I listen to you, as I I listen to you describe, uh, I'm not there, sure if that's Riz, but that sounds like anti-Riz. Yeah. No, no, no. See, Riz you don't lab. understand what Riz is. <laughs> he does for sure. I would have said for sure he does have Riz because he is calm, and when he mm. speaks to you, he's sort of very, very charming and he's inviting, and that is good as charisma. Yeah. Or he puts you to sleep. Nope. No. no, not at all. No, no. Okay. I, I'm mm. just left wondering who is the Cottlebury of the politics team after listening to that, but I won't. I don't force think, an I think we need one. I, I don't. Think that's yeah, we need one. Yeah. Gavia. So my uh, Riz politician of the year is uh, Minister of, Ta- of State Jack Chambers. He was in, he was sports minister to begin with, and then during the reshuffle, he got the Department of Transport. I think he's done a very good job in going from one department to another. Actually, he's very similar to Colbert in that he's cool, calm and collected, be it talking about Sinn Féin. He's very much so across his portfolio. I was watching the Iraq's Transport Committee when he was before it a few weeks ago, and people were asking him, like, the most precise questions. Why is this stretch of road at Goffs a certain, I think is it 80 kilometres an hour, not 100 kilometres an hour? And he was able to say, well, there's slip roads coming off it and you have to slow down, you have to be careful. And this stretch of road is this way because of, you know, and he was so across his brief. And it's rare to find a minister who knows the brief inside and out, especially when they haven't been there that long. Um, You know, it hasn't even, well, actually it's going to be a year now soon in a few weeks. Nothing cooler than a minister who knows his brief. So I think he's very good at his job <laughs> and I think a lot of people would think that he might be the future leader of Fianna Fáil. He's got to think a bit of work to do. Oh, yet. come on. Uh, but he's also a doctor. So He's a trained cool. doctor. I don't think he's ever... He doesn't bang on about like Leo Radger does. Wait, I was going to say, we, we've already yeah, well, tried the doctor point, yeah. for Taoiseach thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, but he's clever. That's the point. He's got, you know... Got it all goes into the race, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when Michal Martin decides to, to shuffle off to Europe or whatever it is, you think Jack Chambers might be the next big thing in Fianna Fáil? A contender. I mean, obviously there's Dara Bryan is in the mix, so is Michael McGrath. Um, but like he's a, he's one of the young bloods that's very, you know, Lisa Chambers is another one. Like she's very, very clever. I also think she has Riz. Like she's very dedicated, you know. And, and but, but I think the point of having Riz is that you're cool and you're able to deal with people. Okay. I'm almost mm. lost for words. Hugh oh, O'Connell. Point. Yeah. Hugh O'Connell. Because I've been coming under a lot of, a lot of fire over this, particularly from you, mm. um, but someone who's, able, who's cool and able to deal with, with mm. people and deal with issues. My nominee <laughs> is David Cullinan, Sinn Féin health spokesperson. You're going to have to explain this. Absolutely. No problem. Uh, David Cullinan is someone who's really sharpened up his image in the last year. I think anyone who looked at David Cullinan last year and David Cullinan this year will notice from an aesthetic point of view, sharper suits, crisper white shirts, ties. It doesn't matter what they wear, Hugh. Fashion shoes. Fashion shoes. That he once railed against Leo Varadkar for trying on. Come on, Hugh. David Cullinan has adopted the style and aesthetic of a politician preparing for government. And he has been extremely effective in pointing out some of the fallacies of the government's health budget. He's been a very effective opposition health spokesperson. We hear it all of the time in the media talking about health as the one portfolio if you're a minister you don't want to get. And I think it's the one that you should seek first because of the changes that you can bring about and the impact that will have on people's lives. I think he's, he's probably Sinn Féin's 
best spokesperson on on opposition issues, aside from Owen O'Brien in housing, obviously. Um, and I think he's really uh, upped his game in, in the last 12 months. So he and, has the drip, but does he have the wrist? Well... <laughs> I think that that is evidence alone of, I mean, going by Gabby's criteria of being able, of being cool, calm and collected and able to deal with people. I think David Cullinan has proven very effective in that over the no last year. No more up the raw chanting. Is that all gone? Well, Those like, days when's are the last over? time you heard David Cullinan say up the raw? Three years ago. When's the last time you, you heard David Cullinan railing against fashion shoes? That's three called years a glow ago. up. Yeah, That's yeah. A called a glow He's up. had a glow up. And yeah. I think it's glow up. It is Riz. No, He's not. demonstrated Riz. I He's think had a glow up. What's a glow up? Glow up when you glow up so you no longer chant, for example, up the rat. Yeah. You know, you've, you've improved you, you upon dr- your. You dress yeah. sharper, you, you look you the part. Sharper, you better There's a guy who's preparing for government in a way that I don't. I think very few politicians, if any politician, is preparing for. You still see Owen around going, Owen Brin going around in his smocks and his jeans and his. His uh, Chelsea boots. It's uh, not about what they wear. You know, you see David Conlon dressing like a serious politician, and he has all there is. I think that uh, <laughs> makes him <laughs> makes him uh, yeah. an, an outstanding uh, candidate nominee for the the, the, the award here. This is <laughs> terrible. And I notice as you describe all that, you that you're wearing socks with yellow submarines on them, which oh, actually God. just makes it even worse. Yeah. Well, that's, I, I mean, you're so wrong there. Um, you're so wrong. I anyway, actually don't want we, to Well, give. I don't even know what kind of a sock is that. With pink and green and blue and it's curled up at the top. It's I, I, and brown shoes. I don't Never wear brown around town. Oh my God. <laughs> can, can we turn off Hugh's mic now? He's done. Um, I actually don't want to give it to any of you. But I have to. Stop. And based on the reaction that Hugh and Gabby had to Philip explaining how Cottleberry has Riz, I'm afraid that Philip is going to be the ultimate winner of well, this year's is political Cottleberry race. Cottleberry not the winner. There. Come on. Well, well he's the winner of the It's experience. It's experience. experience. <laughs> you're okay. You're okay. In time. Um, <laughs> before, we, before we wrap up, though, um, on, a, on a more serious note, or maybe a lighter note, um, Maybe each of you might give me your one prediction for 2024. Uh, one prediction for 2024 will be uh, a heave against Leo Varadkar. Good shout. Wow. Good shout. Post-European elections? Post-European elections, yeah. And who will launch it? Um, I know I said one question, but I, I, I need more. <laughs> that, yeah, I don't know. I'm yeah. into this now. Go yeah, on. Um, Answer. Tell the I, <laughs> I think... Uh, <laughs> let's go with Simon Harris. Okay. Yeah. Gabia. Might be a stalking horse first, though, so... Um, I mean, I think it's a prediction many people have about a general election. You know, where the government is telling us 2025, March 2025, the government expires. It'll probably be next year, and it'll probably be a winter election. I'd be very surprised if it was to happen um, in 2025, or if it was to happen any sooner. I think they're going to have their locals, and their Europeans, and then they're going to go to the country a few months later. Hugh? Can I make three? If you're brief. Pascal Donoghue will go to the IMF, Michael McGrath will go to the European Commission, and Fine Gael will not win a seat in Dublin in the European elections. And that will precipitate the heave that uh, Philip talks about. Well, we'll close it out there. That is our awards show for 2023. My thanks to our political experts, Philip, Gabia and Hugh, for bringing their riz to the couch today. And stay tuned to the Indo Daily throughout 2024 to find out if any of their actual predictions happen. Um, That is it for today, but the Indo Daily will be with you throughout the Christmas period. So stay tuned and don't forget to like, follow and leave us a review.
I saw your be good baker running by again the other day, says I to old Mr. Brennan. Ah, yes, says he. I've never seen her stand still. And she's running rings around the rest of us with our Brennan's be good bread. Only 60 calories a slice. 60 calories, says I. That's just a whole meal, is it? No, says he. It's the whole meal, the whole grain, and the waste. 60 calories a slice and high in fibre, whatever way it slices. That's why anything baked is better with Brennan's. Today's bread today.